Well, good morning again. Um, today's topic is waiting one as we be, will be diving into the subject of sexual purity, specifically with regards to pornography. Not a very fun topic for sure. Um, but to start us off, there is a very good resource on that back table back there. Not if, but when. Um, this is a this is a book designed for families. Okay. And it is a helpful biblical children's book. You can actually, there's two different types that you can read down here. And um, it's, it's really good for helping parents assist with the topic of pornography from God's Word. So I highly, highly recommend this. Uh, we have a couple copies back, well, 15 or so. Uh, $5 donation, just drop it in the offering box. Highly recommend this for families with children. Second one is uh, we have our own Accountable to You brochure back there. Most of y'all know us. Um, and uh, just uh, feel free to grab a brochure. Feel free to sign up for this software, and we'll be happy to give you a free account. And um, yeah, so just let us know. And then at Accountable to You, we have a desire to teach people the biblical truth regarding complete and lasting freedom from sexual sin. It is our passion, it's our heart, and that's what we want to see from people. And so we had Eric um, write up a book for us this last couple of months, about a year now, I guess. And the um, book is entitled Defending Purity in the Pornographic Age. And I would show it to you, and I would give you a book copy today. However, they are still in transit, and they won't be here for another week and a half. Very, very annoying. So anyway, um, and on a more serious note, if anyone is really struggling with pornography, come see us. I myself had this battle years and years ago, and the Lord graciously freed me, and I have been free from this for many years. And so I'm here to tell you it can be done, and if you are struggling, please come and see us. We are here to help. So with that, um, Eric, you can come on up. And I think you're set to go. So. All right. Excellent. Good morning. Yeah, this is not a topic that anybody really looks forward to talking about necessarily, but it is important for us to talk about. And it's significant in my life because, like Ben uh, shared, I also was uh, trapped in that the sin of pornography for nearly a decade. Um, as a young man, and it was consuming me. It was a real, uh, it was hidden, but it was, it was significant. Uh, it brought me to a crisis of my faith as a young man. Um, but God in his mercy set me free from that. He gave me uh, purity in, of, of thought and mind that I couldn't have imagined, and that came when I finally sought counseling and biblical help with this. Um, and that was 12 years ago, and God has been so good to me and my family since then. I'm, I'm very thankful. And uh, so I, I encourage you, likewise, just if, if this is something that's going on, take it seriously um, and be willing to do what it takes, whatever it takes to get help with this. So let's, uh, we need to go to God's word as we approach this important topic. Um, let's open up in prayer first. Father, soften our hard hearts, warm our cold hearts, 
give us a passion for your purity. Lord God, please help us to hate sin and to love you. May we delight in you and in your good gifts. Please help us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So we were going to have a book to hand out, as uh, Ben said, but we will have that in a week or two here. I want to start by reviewing first what we heard from Scripture uh, last week, as Pastor Scott shared with us, uh, that God calls us to be pure as followers of Christ. We saw that purity is only possible if our sins are covered by Christ. It's not something that we can put on or do in our own willpower. It's by Jesus' death in our place. That's the starting place. And we saw that purity is not just the absence of filth in our life, but it is instead delighting in and um, being satisfied in God and his good gifts. And one of those good gifts that God has given us is uh, sexuality and marriage, that these are things that God has uh, intended to be used in a specific way between one man and one woman. And anything outside of this we saw is what the Bible calls uh, sexual immorality, porneia, and, and that's the same root for the word pornography that we have now. This is something that just doesn't have a place in a believer's life. And we saw that in Ephesians chapter 5. So we also, uh, I, I appreciated seeing that uh, impurity and greed, all these things, are, they're motivated from, from selfishness, from our own desires for ourselves, instead of love. And the counter to that is thankfulness. We saw that, you, you know, that's where it ended up in the passage in uh, Ephesians chapter 5 is to be thankful and to delight in what God has given us. So it's not just a don't do that, but it's a do this instead. And we want to take a look at that today, and then in the coming weeks we're going to be looking at uh, more specifically and steps that we can take and the biblical principles around this, this important topic so to begin, please open with me to Psalm 119. We're going to look at Psalm 119, in particular verse 9. Psalm 119 is a prayer, as a, a friend of mine recently said, a love letter to the Word of God. It's, it's a, a wonderful prayer to pray and has often been a help to me, whether my heart uh, is cold and needs warming toward the Lord or whether it's already there and I want to, words to express His goodness to me. Um, this is a, it's a wonderful prayer to, that we can pray. It, it starts off, I'm just looking at, backing up to verse 1 of Psalm 119. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. This is true. The pure in heart are blessed, as Jesus says. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. We want to be those kind of people. I, I, we want our prayer to be in verse 5, Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes, then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. And the question that, that we've got to look at is how do we do that? How do we do that in an age that is uh, every, access to anything as at our fingertips, things that we ought not see as well as things that we can see and, and delight in, how can we pursue purity? And verse 9 addresses that. 
how can a young man keep his way pure? This goes for not just young men. It goes, the, the, the truth of God's word is available to, to all of us. Young men in particular uh, need to pay attention to this. Um, I can speak, I, I was, and, was one, and kind of, um, but, but across the board, uh, we all can gain from this answer. And the answer is that we can keep our way pure by guarding it according to your word, according to God's word. We are not left without without answers, even though uh, we are faced with a lot of a lot of evil, we can guard our way according to God's word. Guarding is an active thing. It's not something that happens uh, on accident. And that's the first thing I want us to consider. The first truth is that purity does not happen passively. We must actively guard our way to keep it pure. And that's what we saw in what we see in that verse. And if you read down through the rest of Psalm 119, he's talking about the things that he's doing. He's meditating on God's word. He's setting his mind. He's seeking after God. Um, There are things that we can do and we must do actively to guard against the temptations of this age. And uh, today I want to take a sort of zoomed out look uh, at three principles that we can use to apply the Bible's teaching to our lives in this area. And then in coming weeks, we're going to look deeper at more specific steps. So this is from our book, uh, Defending Purity in a Pornographic Age. We kind of go into this at more, in more depth. Um, but the illustration that we're going to use ties together a number of principles, and this is the purity shield. There's a lot going on in this illustration, um, and it's, a, it's maybe helpful for us as we kind of dive into this. So the idea is that p- defending and cultivating purity in your life requires both two types of accountability and three vital defenses. So we see in this, exa- in this uh, illustration you have a triangle with you on the bottom, God in the top left, and others in the top right. And there are different elements. There's, in each corner, we have three different elements. Flee from sin, come to Christ, and share with others that overlap to form purity in the center. And this is an illustration uh, that is taken from the, the content of where we're going to focus our, our study, which is Second Timothy 222. We'll turn there soon. Um, but the, So two types of accountability and three di- vital defenses are what we're going to look at today. All these elements are, are necessary to cultivate purity in our lives and to defend it, hence the image of the shield. So hopefully this will make more sense as we move forward. The, if we take everything out of the shield... Uh, except the framework, we are left with the two types of accountability. Those who are closer up can see it a little bit better. But we have, with you at the bottom, God and others, there's two types of accountability that all of us within the church need to have, and that is being accountable to God, so we have a vertical accountability, and being accountable to one another, and horizontal accountability, you could say. And uh, these are pictured on the shield in that you are accountable to God and accountable to one another. And others as well within the church, within God's uh, people, are to be accountable 
to God and to others. So this just kind of visualizes it for us. It's an illustration that we're going to use as we look at this. First, I want to dive into uh, what purity uh, or what accountability specifically looks like in the Word of God. And so the, the first truth here, or well, this is truth number two, actually. Uh, purity requires a lifestyle of accountability to God and to one another. So those two types of accountability that we need. We're going to see that as we take a look at this. So what is accountability? Well, here's one definition. This is actually, uh, Pastor Scott wrote this, I believe, on the website for our article on on accountability. Uh, Accountability means taking responsibility for your actions and willingly communicating with others about your choices so that you can show your integrity and grow in maturity. If we sum it up a little bit less than that, even accountability just means giving an account to someone. Uh, We are called to do this. And to be pure, we need to be accountable. It's not a, it's not optional. Uh, So first of all, accountability to God. So we have two types of accountability. First, we are accountable to God. And that is, frankly, inescapable. The scripture says, Uh, that we will stand before him. And I might be able to deceive other people. I might be able to look a certain way on the outside, but God sees right through us. And that's what Hebrews 4.13 says. tells us that no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Knowing that we will answer to God is a terrifying thing if you're not right with him. If you are right with God in Christ, as we saw uh, last week, the way that we are pure is by Christ's death in our place and his resurrection, taking and bearing our sins for us, then we still will give an account to God of our actions. This is not just for those who are uh, unbelievers, but the scripture also says in 2 Corinthians 5, 9 through 10. Therefore, we have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. If I pause right there. This is the goal, having been set free from sin. We want to live and walk in freedom in, in our desire to please God. If that is our aim... That's what accountability to God is supposed to look like. Not just a, a terrified fear that someday he's going to beat me with this, but we want to please him. We want to seek, in fact, every day to be accountable, to draw near to him. That's what's going to give help as we seek to walk in purity. Because we all must appear, as it goes on, before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So we should regularly, intentionally seek in prayer and in God's word to put ourselves before him and ask, uh, as David did, the, the prayer that we ought to pray as well. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This is what it looks like to stand before God, uh, being accountable to God. And one day, we want to hear that well done, 
good and faithful servant. So let's then look at accountability to one another. This is the second form of accountability, and it's one thing to, to know and pursue accountability with God, but another important aspect of walking in purity is that mutual account- mutuality is a key function of the local church. This is part of why God has, has us in a body together. Uh, it says in Romans 12.5 that we are joined to Christ and individually members of one another. Accountability in the church is not supposed to be just a, a one-way street either. Uh, you know, and that the diagram that uh, we, we use for the purity shield kind of tries to picture that, which is that all believers are both accountable to God and to one another within the church in different ways. Accountability to one another means that we're speaking regularly into each other's lives, that we know each other and that we are known. Hebrews 3.13 says, But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Because that is what sin does. It deceives us and it hardens us. And apart from people walking alongside us and speaking the truth into our life, we tend in all kinds of the wrong directions. Um, So that's... Uh, what Pastor Scott calls stinking thinking. Right, this, is, this is something that we, we get in trouble with all the time. And uh, we need that exhorting one another every day. So we also need occasionally, not just a sort of uh, general exhortation, but a very specific help from being caught in a sin. And that's what we see in Galatians 6, 1 through 2. It says, Brothers, if any is caught in any transgression... You who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. This one anothering is all through the New Testament, and it's what we are to do for each other. It's uh, part of the, the gift of being connected to, God's, to, to Christ through his body in his body. So let's move from talking now about the, what, what accountability looks like into more specifically these, these three corners of the shield, the purity shield that we call the vital defenses. Those, the three vital defenses, uh, as we've uh, kind of categorized them, they are really summing up um, the Bible's teaching in how we are to pursue purity by fleeing from sin, by coming to Christ, and sharing with others. So let's turn then to 2 Timothy 2.22. This is going to be our anchor text for this series on purity. 2 Timothy 2.22. And I have it here broken out on the screen into the three sections that we're going to consider. Uh, This is a a good verse in that it captures for us these three different aspects and uh, puts them before us clearly. It says, Now flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, 
faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So we can see those three uh, aspects of the verse. They, they are three defenses against sin. These are, these are not going to be a three-step program that we, or, uh, you know, a checklist that we can say, okay, I, I fleed, fled, Yes, fled from youthful lust, check. I've pursued righteousness, faith, and love and peace, all of those, check. And uh, yes, I, I'm with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Okay, check, I'm, I'm good to go. This is, a, this is a continual maintaining of these practices that we're called to. Um, these need to be active uh, defenses to guard against sexual temptation, and to enjoy the blessedness that Jesus promised to the pure in heart. So they're active defenses against sin. Let's take a look at defense one, which is to flee from sin. Whoops, that's too too far. <laughs> uh, defense one, to flee from sin, which is uh, 2 Timothy 2.22. What we need to do Wait a minute. I did skip ahead to something, didn't I? Yeah, I'm supposed to say this here. This is good. This is, uh, this is just summing up what I was just saying. So, truth number three, my slides and my, and my speaking. Uh, purity is possible when you continually flee from sin, come to Christ, and share with others. This is the, the, the point of this, the purity shield and why we have these three defenses just kind of showing here. So we have the three in the corners, and they align with the three different aspects of the verse, to flee from youthful lusts, pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So let's take a look then at defense number one. What we need to do is to, be, to get deadly serious about this, about sexual sin, and to do whatever it takes to avoid the trap of temptation. I remember when I was walking through this myself, the phrase, whatever it takes, was very helpful to me. Whatever it takes. Because this must be dealt with. And uh, I would encourage you to take this seriously. That's the first step. We see that in the text uh, in 2 Timothy 2.22 that says, flee from youthful lusts. It, this is an encouragement throughout Scripture, and particularly related to sexual sin, uh, as we see in 1 Corinthians 6.18. It says, flee from sexual immorality. Every other per- sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Fleeing can mean you need to run away you need, or just get up and walk away. We need to remove ourselves from a situation. But uh, it more generally means that we want to keep ourselves as far as possible and, and uh, have boundaries and, and whatever else is necessary in place to keep us from the danger, right? So fleeing has a concept of that's going to get me. I'm staying away from it. I want to get away from it. And uh, Joseph had to run, literally. But very often we need to uh, structure our life so that we eliminate certain things, so that we avoid other things in such a way that we can be pure. 
So we're going to look at specific strategies for that in the future. Right now, we're going to kind of look as a, at a wide angle lens uh, at all of these different strategies together, these, these three defenses. So we'll take a look now at defense number two, which is come to Christ. We can't do this on our own. Fleeing from sin is not sufficient in my own strength. Direct your attention to pursue what is good. Drawing near to God through his word and prayer by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at specifics of what that looks like. It's not just, we're not just commanded in scripture to put off sin, but to put on righteousness. There is something that we need to be replacing uh, the wrong with, and that is the good, pure, delightful pleasures that God has for us in himself and in his word. Jesus Christ is our peace. He, is, he himself is our peace. And he said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That is true as a promise and is wonderful. The more you draw near to God, the easier it is to say no to any temptation. And God himself will draw near to us as we pursue him. Defense number three is share with others. We'd like to maybe stay with the first two. <laughs> but, uh, but defense number three is, is vital as well. This is confess your sins and commit to sharing openly with others who will hold you accountable to grow in purity. So in 2 Timothy 2.22, it says not just to flee from sin and pursue righteousness, but to do so with others who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And we also see this in a number of places in Scripture. We see, we know that iron sharpens iron, and so one man sharpens his friend. And we also see in James 5.16, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. People can't pray with you, for you. They can't encourage you. They can't exhort you if they don't know that you need, where you need that specific exhortation, that help. And so we're called to live in the light. And this is the hardest step of all, uh, in my personal opinion, <laughs> having been through that, this myself. Uh, it's hard to choose to bring this into the light. But by doing that, there is indeed hope and freedom. And uh, we need to continue to walk in the light. This is, all of these principles apply to all sorts of other sins as well, right? We're talking about one area, but it all springs from a heart that wants wrong things because it's bent in the wrong direction from uh, the very, very back in the beginning with, when Adam sinned. This is something, though, that uh, we, we can apply all three of these aspects to and find and hope and help. So sharing with others is the, the third vital defense against sin. So let's take a look at the shield again. See, 
you can how these kind of come together and uh, all three of these vital defenses are necessary parts of our life we need to flee from sin come to Christ and share with others and there's a lot more in the illustration that we get into in the book um, there's what we call the the three fortifying practices where the defenses overlap and these are just practices that the Christian needs to, to have in their life that uh, relate to and overlap with these defenses that we talked about these the practices are the things in, in between the corners of the shield where you have regular repentance as you flee from sin and come to Christ and then you have Christian community as you come to Christ and share with others and as you share with others and flee from sin you have thoughtful transparency these are uh, aspects that we need I don't have time to dive into all of those today but I do want to take a look at before we close what happens when we are lacking one of these areas in our life uh, you may have one or two and, and be especially weak in one area and this is what we call the the three vulnerabilities and it's not something that you want to be vulnerable to temptation it means there's a gap in your defense there's a gap in the shield And uh, ignoring any of the vital defenses is going to leave you in a a place where you may not be currently uh, falling into sin, but you're in a place that's concerning. Uh, The uh, the arrows could get at you, and so these are things that we don't want to live in this way. So let's take a look at number one, which is secret striving. This is when share with others is lacking and repentance and sin become an endless cycle you have repentance you're fleeing from sin in some way you're coming to Christ but you have little or no growth in purity and I walked in this for a long time being unwilling to uh, seek out the kind of help that I needed Uh, secret striving is it leaves you discouraged and ashamed. It leaves you uh, feeling like you can never get out. You're stuck in this cycle because isolation is not how we're meant to live and how we're meant to deal with this. It's not enough. My own willpower is not enough to deal with the cravings of the flesh. We need to share with others. So uh, vulnerability number one to watch out for is secret striving. Vulnerability number two is fruitless fellowship. And uh, this is if you don't have fleeing from sin. If you're not taking sin seriously and doing what it takes to cut it out of your life, your accountability or any kind of uh, encouragement from other people is, is going to be just empty talk. And purity is impossible because you refuse to take sin seriously. So if you lack the discipline to flee from sin, then any accountability relationships end up as just a confession session. Yeah, well, I, I did it again. Well, oh, I'm sorry. It doesn't, there's, there's no change. There's, you're not taking it seriously and implementing change in your life. Um, and there's just not the godly sorrow. There's not the biblical uh, repentance necessary to produce change. Or worse, it may even be just living... Uh, a double life where you're 
looking like you've got accountability software in place, but you've got another computer on the side that's giving you your, your uh, access to whatever you want, and uh, you're fooling people, but you're not fooling God. So that fruitless fellowship doesn't help anybody. It's, it's where one of the things that we absolutely want to avoid. And the last one, the last vulnerability, number three, is agnostic accountability. They're alliterated for just because it's, it works better that way. <laughs> um, so agnostic accountability, basically godless, secular accountability. And there's a lot of groups out there that are doing this, that are promising to uh, help you whatever you want, be a better weightlifter or uh, anything else. Well, those are great, uh, but uh, not when it comes to dealing with uh, a deep-rooted sin in your life. Uh, we can't just overcome this by our own willpower and uh, having somebody that's an accountability buddy without the work and power of God, the Holy Spirit, and, and his word in our life. So when come to Christ is lacking, you cannot be pure, no matter how hard you strive, because your evil desires are not being transformed by God's word and spirit. So that's the, you, you need to have all three of these pieces in place. Being accountable to others, but not to God, will end badly. It'll either end up in despair at your own inability because you still can't seem to get over this. You don't have the power of Christ working in you. You're not getting his word transforming and renewing your mind. Or it'll end up in your own self-righteousness and pride that I think I've got this together myself. But purity, if it's only external, I've avoided this, I've avoided that, but it, it isn't actually changing, is not going to help us when we stand before God either. He's after our hearts. And that kind of clean heart with transformed desires is, the, is something that can only come from Christ, his word, his spirit. So we need to avoid vulnerability number three, agnostic accountability. So all of these, we need to have them in our life, these, these three defenses to live with purity. We need to flee from sin, come to Christ, and share with others. And uh, I want to leave you in closing with some hope uh, from 1 John 3, verses 2 to 3. It says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but We know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure, because we have the hope of seeing him, of being with him. We purify ourselves. We work by his power working in us to pursue purity. So we'll have the book available uh, to kind of dive more into this and read about it. It's also on our website. Uh, so we, we did get it up there, even though the, the shipments are still delayed in coming. You can read it online at purityshield.com. I'd encourage you to, to take a look at that. There's a lot more there than we're even going to be able to get into in this series. Uh, but we will have the, the books to hand out to you all whenever they come in. 
And just a final encouragement, as we said in the beginning, please do reach out for help in this area if, if you need it. Uh, be willing to, to do that. We, uh, we want to be there to walk alongside. And uh, whether it's, it's uh, Ben or Alyssa or uh, Pastor Scott, myself, there are others as well. Um, please do make that a priority. And purity is, is a good thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's available to us um, through God's grace. Let's close in prayer together. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the grace that you give us to pursue uh, purity, blamelessness, and Christ-likeness, that you don't just leave us to our own devices, but you, you work in us and through us, through your body, through your word, through your Holy Spirit, to change us. Thank you that you saved and changed me. And, uh, and others here as well have that same testimony, surely, that Christ is all I have. I pray that you would help us this week and that you would work uh, continually in our hearts to help us to love you, to flee from sin, to come to Christ, and to share with others. In Jesus' name, amen.